Hey, welcome back to Optimism Vaccine. I'm Steve, and uh, joining me this week, I got Adam Myros with me. Oh, yeah. It's a good week, Steve. Big week. It's a great week, man. Great fucking week. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's Halloween week, and uh, I, I know you get really into Halloween. You like, you're just super into social gatherings and being around other people and all that stuff. And I, I know you put a lot of thought into your costume every year. Well, usually I just keep, you know, like my, my car, I usually have about, uh, you know, 20 or 30 alternate costumes, so I can kind of change throughout yeah. the day. That's good. Well, because, you know, Halloween's all about getting chicks, right? And, you know, big time uh, pussy magnet like yourself. Yeah. Uh, you you got you to gotta be prepared for any situation. And that's why I, I really respect the, uh, the angle that you took this year when, you know, you decided, like, you're going to do Baby Yoda, but, like, Baby Yoda dressed as the crow. Because who doesn't want to fuck you when you're wearing that, right? It, it's true. You got to sex appeal it up a little bit. You know, you add some, yeah. add a little leather daddy flair in there. You know, that's right. Because like you're cute, but you're dangerous. Exactly. So, come exactly. On. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, also joining us, Jake Trapila. Jake, how you doing? Hey, Steve. You know, for a while I was uh, not happy to be here, but uh, by the end of this one, I'm going to be very happy to be here. <laughs> That's good. I'm I'm glad that uh, the the destination was worth the journey or something. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely worth it. Also, I I appreciate your Halloween costume this year, Jake. Uh, for those of you who don't know, if you're listening right now, Jake went as the uh, the girl who lip syncs Trump speeches on TikTok because uh, he's trying to expand our youth audience and and show the kids how politically active we are. So thank you, Jake, for your service. Yeah, you know, as a twist, I was actually lip syncing her uh, her new comedy special, and uh, it's uh, it's got more mugging in it. So you know, I, I oh, I that's that good up to eleven. Yeah, unfortunately, Jake, the blackface is a bridge too far, so you're suspended. I'm sorry. Yeah, canceled. Whatever. Can't keep <laughs> a good man down. It's true. It's true. All right, guys. Well, we got a we got quite the show this week and i always enjoy when we can do some some contemporary cinema because lord knows there's not a lot of that going around <laughs> and even when there is uh you can't really go and see it well i guess you can if you're a real asshole but uh you know you, you gotta find other means and lord knows we found it so this is one that we've wanted to cover this movie i think since like March or something? Does that sound about right? When did this even come out? When did Unhinged come out? I think it came out in uh, like August or something like that, technically. Okay. But for whatever reason, okay. they decided they were going to stubbornly stick with the uh, theatrical release method, which, uh, no, don't do that, people. I love I love the uh, advertising for it, too, because it was like, the number one movie in America is Unhinged. And then it's like a bunch of scenes, and then... The highest grossing film of August 2020 is Unhinged. Like, you are the only fucking movie, man. <laughs> only game in town. It's a shame that Tenet came out, because if there was no Tenet, this would probably be the number one movie of 2020. But What about that War with Grandpa? That's a War with Grandpa. Oh, uh, War with Grandpa. Well, no, War with Grandpa just came out like a week ago or so, two weeks ago. Right. It's, yeah. It doesn't have the momentum yet. I don't know. It's number one in America. <laughs> Let's just say Grandpa won the battle in October, but he hasn't won the war. 
against unhinged thank you donate to our patreon um so yeah let's uh let's talk a little bit about unhinged shall we myros you mean the 1982 uh, video nasty right uh, yeah, that's I, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think that's the one that I was thinking of, but, uh, you know, fuck it, why not? Stranded, alone, or are they? Man, something really weird is going on around here. Unhinged. The nightmare has begun. Spooky. Spookier than the actual fucking movie, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, that was creepier than anything I saw in the film. Yeah, that was actually, I, I did a little cutting around on that because the trailers, uh, it, it's classic early 80s where it's like six minutes long and there's there's not a lot happening and it's kind of just difficult. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the Steve Cuff update 2020. Anyway. I, I want to talk about why this is a video nasty first, because if you look at the peers that this movie has in that category, they're a little bit different because I'm pretty sure this movie has three kills. The first one doesn't happen until about 40 minutes in. And then there's like four boobs. Is that right? Am I missing anything? Three kills is correct. Our wait does the no four kills. Four kills, I think. Oh, four kills. Okay, three four kills, four girls, boobs. and the brother gets killed at the end as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's Spoilers. one set of boobs in the beginning, the opening scene, and then there's just one gratuitous of two people later on. It's a yeah. repeat boob as well. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It is. It is a repeat boob in like the exact repeat scenario. It, it's practically like a reused scene. So, uh, yeah, basically, if you haven't seen Unhinged 1982, and why would you? I don't think a lot of people have seen this one. I'm pretty sure it's only available on VHS and DVD right now and not the easiest movie to get a hold of. But really classic setup wherein some young ladies are driving to some remote destination. Uh, Their car flies off the road and they are rescued by some strange people in the woods far away from civilization and there's uh, nefarious shit and gross dude and heavy breathing and a giant sickle going on. And uh, yeah, also classic scenario wherein uh, when girls take showers, I don't know if you know this, I I, I personally don't know uh, many girl people, but uh, Jake, I, did you know that when women take showers, they have to do it in pairs? It's it's very important that they do. That's what this movie taught me. Uh, yeah, buddy system. You know, you got you to gotta be safe when you're in a, a stranger in a strange land, so... You know, you got to take mm-hmm, a shower, exactly. bring a friend, and take your top off. <laughs> take your t- bring a friend, take your top off. Exactly. Words to live by. Uh, yeah, this one is, I-, I think if you called it a slow burner, that'd be being a-, a little bit gracious towards what it is. It's just kind of, uh, it's it's moody, but it's paced poorly. Uh, but at least the soundtrack's great, right? It's got something going for it. Yeah, this makes Tarkovsky look riveting by comparison. This is this is a slog to get through. I uh I, I watched the second half of it in one and a half times speed, and I gotta say, in addition to fixing some of the pacing issues, the soundtrack gets even weirder and better. So <laughs> highly recommend that approach. <laughs> I, this one good to know. It's very strange movie. This like I I don't know if it's like the transfer or what, but the whole. 
I would say first half hour of the movie is just very bizarrely edited. Like it's just very abrupt cuts and they almost feel like splicing errors is, is what stuck out to me. Like you'll see like space between the cuts almost. And it's, it's, yeah. it looks like, okay, yeah, it's a super cheapo movie, but then all of a sudden there, there's like overhead shots. They, they definitely had a helicopter for some period of filming here, which is, is just bizarre that oh, it's like yeah. amateurly edited and yet there's, there's some money in the thing. Oh, for sure, for sure. It, and that's the weirdest part is nobody can act. No, It no. is very low budget. Uh, there's some good gore, I guess, but there's that's nothing about this movie that says... Movies, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a running theme of, yeah, <laughs> low budget, nobody can act. But, but seriously, there, there's not a single point in this movie where you think this costs more than $5,000 to make in 1982, except for when all of a sudden there's like, oh, beautiful helicopter shot. Right. And it's not stock footage either, for sure. No. No, it's legit. It's totally legit. But that's where it looks like about 80% of their budget went. Yeah, there's like it. You can't even overstate how bad the acting is. And this, there's one person who's like, you know, the Marion, who is the person who's running this. Well, she, I guess she's the daughter of the matron of this creepy house. But she's basically kind of the the main uh, person who they're interacting with in this house and and she's fine she she does a decent job uh but the mother is supposed to be creepy and like some kind of like senile uh member of the bourgeoisie and uh she is fucking horrible <laughs> like horrible she cannot deliver her monologues at all as well as the no two main actresses are also incredibly wooden and I, I, you would think there would be three actresses, but one of them must have just like missed a significant portion of the shoot or something. She just completely <laughs> yeah. fucking disappears from the movie. That's weird because they get, it establishes there's three of them, and they get in the car wreck, and one girl was rendered unconscious, and she's like in a in a bedroom, I guess, the whole time. And then later on in the movie, she finally wakes up after one of the two other girls is killed, just so that there can be two girls again, and then she's immediately killed right after. It just seems like such a waste. Yeah, wouldn't you think the setup there, like, I, I just had assumed, considering the nature of this movie, that they would eventually decide to go look for her and she would already be dead. But no, yeah. she's, she's just yeah. in bed, and not in the yeah. fucking movie. Just hanging out. She's just there. Yeah, I guess if, if you were going to compare this to anything, I mean, it, it feels odd in 1982 just because it isn't the most traditional slasher like it's not a it's not a high body count movie obviously yeah. um it it tries to be moody like it tries really hard to be moody um which it doesn't particularly succeed but it it doesn't even hit the same highs as like the original Friday the 13th which i think is not that great i guess you could call it shitty sleepaway camp in a lot of ways, maybe. Yeah, and it, pre it predates Sleepaway Camp, and it's got that uh, that iconic transphobic ending thing going on. So, yeah, it, it, it yeah. beat Sleepaway Camp to the punch on that. What I think the director <laughs> would probably pitch what, what they're going for here is a psycho <laughs> riff. Yeah, a little bit of a psycho riff. Uh, yeah, it, well, and at least, like, I don't know. It feels like the, the, the transphobia in this movie is more of a sucker punch. Where in Sleepaway Camp, it feels like it, it kind of like builds to its reveal. And I, I wouldn't say it earns it because do you really earn something that shitty? But I, I 
it works towards it. This doesn't work towards anything. It's just like, oh, there's an invisible figure and we get first person camera and just a lot of <sighs> Yeah, great. We get it, man. We fucking get it. Like you're you're a creep. It's good. It's just like horror film porkies. I don't know. That that's just the total red herring. So the red herring is that there is this man stalking the property and uh mm-hmm. presumed that uh, you you presume throughout the film that that's that's the killer and it ends up being revealed very late that it's a secret sibling to this uh, character we've been interacting with throughout this house. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, he's mentally disabled and the mother hates men so much that she would not yeah. allow them in the house. So this this uh mm, brother has been weird. forced to live in the wild. And so you're you're like, "Okay, well this is the killer." Not much of a reveal. But then it does an immediate twist after she kills the brother and, and the brother was just a uh, just an innocent, uh, a horny fellow out in the woods, but uh, yeah, <laughs> just a horny feral man. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, that's. I mean, it yeah, happens. it's just a weird, it happens. weird vein of misandry that's set up just for the purpose of having that last twist. Like it's, yeah, it just seems I don't know to unnecessarily belabor the evil matriarch's point, but I don't know. It's just it's such it's such yeah. a such a waste. Well, and a lot of times in these movies, uh, you you feel like they work backwards, like they come up with the stupid twist ending and then they just kind of like construct it from there yeah. retroactively. But in this one, it feels like they kind of took it to the very end. They're like, um, not sure what to do here. So we're just going to roll with this terrible idea. And uh, yeah, <laughs> executed flawlessly. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some strange things about the setup of it too because they are in fact not rescued by this family at all they're rescued by this gardener who uh brings them to this house for some reason and then immediately goes Mm -hmm. somewhere but can't take them to town where's he headed off to does he have a vehicle uh i don't know but he comes back later in the movie and so again he's he's kind of another red herring sort and uh, along that psycho front, that character's name is, in fact, Norman. And uh, the, mm-hmm. the woman who was with him during the rescue, who ends up being our uh, gender-swapped murderer, is, is named Marion. So you, you have a very direct sort of analog to psycho in this thing. It thinks, it thinks it's doing that, but what it's really doing is boring its audience to tears. There's also, um, I don't know if pretty you can much. tell, because the, the audio recording is, is pretty shitty on the copies i think we watched but there's when they're driving through the opening there's this radio broadcast saying that there's been a string of disappearances in the area but it almost seems to be just a complete coincidence that they ended up in this house because they feared off the road from like a fallen tree unless the gardener put it there somehow but it's it just seems like another thread that doesn't like they don't discover a room of dead bodies that this family's been collecting it just seems like a, just another, uh, I don't know if they're trying to throw us off with yet another red herring, but it seems like just another wasted opportunity. Yeah, that's the other murder family that lives in yeah, the area. I don't think the gardener's <laughs> in on it. Though. No. We're not, like, given any reason to believe the gardener's yeah. ever in on, in on the thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I think it thinks it's a mystery of some sort, but it's not, like you said, it just kind of drags its its feet along and it, it doesn't do a whole lot. And uh, also the video nasty thing still makes zero sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe the ending, I guess. Maybe it, 
maybe Britain was more transphobic than the director of this film or something. Um, <laughs> entirely possible, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like this movie isn't a, a particularly effective mystery because it systematically eliminates the very few suspects uh, quite early on. So, you know, it doesn't leave you with options at the end of the film. But as we'll see when we yeah. compare it with another film here, uh, it does a, a masterful job com uh, creating this mystery compared to a, a certain remake. <laughs> oh, God. That's what the world needs. Yeah, this is a film crying out for a remake, right? Yeah. I, I will, again, go to bat for the soundtrack. It's weird. I don't think you can find that in isolation anywhere, so good luck, but... This isn't the kind of thing you should really seek out. I I don't think it's it's anything particularly interesting or worthwhile in this genre, especially when there's so many other things from this era that you could be watching instead. But uh, I don't know, and maybe give it a whirl at 1.5 speed, or uh, wait for somebody to restore it because the version we have looks like absolute shit. Mm -hmm. It looks like yeah. somebody took like a, a a TV soap opera print and just took a shit on it. Like it's just fucking awful. <laughs> Uh, it's dark, it's dingy, it's washed out. Yeah, it's definitely more like notable as a, an artifact, I guess, that this ending, which is very similar to Sleepaway Camp, which has become sort of this iconic thing, and this predates that. So maybe if you're like a slasher historian, you'll have some interest in the thing. But again, the, there's no good gore here. Uh, the acting is real mm -hmm. tough to get through, and it, it's just it's yeah. boring. It's just boring. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a person who's going to go out and be like, I'm going to watch all the films on the video nasty list for October, you'll get to this one and then you'll wonder, why was this on the list? It's it's just such a yeah, it's just so dull and 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 yeah, not that not that violent or crazy at all. Yeah, I, I do like the idea of somebody watching this just so they can, you know, gain the knowledge of this having the earliest example of a like a transphobic slasher ending. And then uh, they can, you know, people are like, well, you know, uh, the ending of Sleepaway Camp was the first thing. Mm, no, uh, excuse me. Uh, actually, uh, in Unhinged in 1982. <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah, you're going to be really cool. All your friends are going to like you more. <sighs> so can we like explain this ending before we totally abandon this movie? Like I, I wasn't entirely clear. <laughs> I guess. Well, let's let's uh, Jake. You're the most even keeled of all of us. Um, uh, also, I was drinking while watching this, so I may not have the uh, you know clearest recollection. Why don't you walk us through the ending of Unhinged 1982? So the ending, the main girl discovers her both of her friends at this point have been killed, and she's being chased in the house by a stalker. It's a little little bit of a blur. Basically, how she gets into this final room where the um, the the peeping brother on the outside of the house is killed and then this character who we had believed to be a woman uh mrs penrose comes into the room and then she's talking to our lead actress and then all of a sudden her voice changes and i guess what had happened was that her mother had hated men so, so much that he opted to live life as a woman just so that she, they could still be remain in the house and not be kicked out by their evil man-hating mother. Uh, and so that, that sort of lifestyle has driven him crazy to kill. And uh, that's, that's, I think that's basically what happens. 
Yeah, I just wonder about mm-hmm. like the time frame. I know they do show photographs of them as children, and there seems to be yeah. a, a daughter and a son. But so has this been going on since birth or what? I, I it's very strange. It's not a dude's rock household. I can tell you that much. That's uh, no. not a philosophy they live by. <laughs> I mean, perhaps the the incident with the father, the disgraced father, involved a, a, another ch- another of their children or something, and there was a, a daughter who died. Uh, it's unclear. That's a possibility, I suppose. And then that was just another misdirect. Mm-hmm. But again, these are this is subtext. You can't you can't pull this out of the actual narrative. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I really have no idea. It's <laughs> not one that I want to spend too much time thinking about. Uh, it's it's just kind of messy. That's that's about the long and short of it. And if it's if it's mentioned in any of the monologues, I mean, I I did not have the energy to rewind to to pick up plot points. Let me tell you, no, <laughs> don't have the time for that. Well, it's it's very hard to catch exactly what was going on with the father because again, this old woman is just dreadful like it, you you want to zone out during a monologue and miss some information as soon as she pops on the screen it's just it's over you can't pay attention yeah well uh you know what guys let's let's put this one to bed i want to get to uh well, i mean i want to get to the movie that i thought we were here to discuss so uh can we can we talk about unhinged 2020 finally please uh steve i hate to be the bearer of bad news, but first we have to discuss a uh, uh, what must be a student film project, Unhinged 2006. Oh, Jesus. Did you hear about that missing girl from last weekend? No, what about it? Well, my forensics class is searching for the body this morning for that missing girl. Damn it, it's me. Karen, what's wrong? I can't believe she died. God, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, wow. Uh, Myros, do, do you remember when you were in taking college classes and your forensics class got to go in the woods and look for a dead body? Okay, now here is is one of the things that really <laughs> baffles me about this movie, which I, I assume we'll spend the least amount of time on because it is just an hour long sort of very amateurish thing, and it, it, there's not a lot to it, but. Yeah. It, the very beginning of that uh, that little trailer there. She's talking about, oh, you hear about that girl who went missing? Uh, we're going to go search for her body. But that's all she says about it. You know, very, very clinical, very detached. Okay, yeah, we're, we're going out there. We're going to mm-hmm. find the body. But if they're aware of a missing girl, they must be aware of who the missing girl is and that it's, in fact, her high school friend who she's devastated to find in the woods dead. Wouldn't you think? You would think. Is it just there's a news story? Girl missing. Uh, who the fuck knows who the girl <laughs> Jane is? Jane Doe goes missing. <laughs> a Jane Doe doesn't normally go missing because who the fuck would report her missing? <laughs> well, they. the thing is they, they go, the forensics class, they go to the woods where the opening of the film is this woman walking her dog in the woods and a, a mass killer kills her while her dog runs off. Uh, so then later on, this forensics mm-hmm. class goes up to the woods and like the professor brings them there, I guess, I don't know, for to, for extra study. Uh, but he gives them all a, a missing poster and he says, memorize this face, even though they have a copy of the poster. And uh, that's when our lead actress <laughs> realizes, oh, this is with my high school friend. And then we get these quote unquote eight millimeter flashbacks of them like partying at a what looked like a Hawaii themed back, <laughs> backyard barbecue. 
<laughs> the good old days. It's called a luau, Jake. A I luau. fucking love that. It's a damn that luau. Flashback. This is over and over again. Just keeps cutting this. These fucking dopes at a poolside with Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that's the that's move. good stuff. That's it. That's all you need to yeah, know. It runs sixty-one minutes. Uh, also great. I think that makes it one of the best things we watched this week um, because, oh, sure. yeah, it's it's the easiest to get through. Imagine that movie at 1.5 speed. It, what a thrill. Incredible stuff. So this this definitely is a problem of like trying to be mysterious when there are no answers. There are like four characters in this fucking movie and you watch three of them get stalked and then they're like, who's the killer? It's like, well... Yeah, I think we fucking know who the killer is. You haven't introduced even a single other character who could possibly be the killer. Yeah, I was for a while. I was thinking of that. Of it's like Ebert's law of economy of characters. Um, but like, if this movie really wanted to be subversive, the killer would just be some out of the blue person. But I, there was no way they were gonna do that. It's it's obviously character four who coincidentally has a college that's a two mile or a two hour drive from his house. Where he can be off, off doing other nasty things. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. The plot is th- it's this guy apparently his high school girlfriend cheated on him uh, at some party, blackout drunk, and then uh, they ended up staying together. But he was so furious that he murdered everyone he knew. The end. Oh, yeah. happens to the best of us. Uh, I love classic that. tale. I love that flashback too because yeah, the first time we see it, it's this this girl is having sex with the guy. Neither of them are partners with each other, but they're uh, like adjoining the adjoining room. We see like everybody else is just sort of passed out on the couch, and then we see the extended flashback later on where the camera tilts down and the the killer, who's like the cucked boyfriend, is just kind of lying there angrily listening to them have sex. He's like plotting his revenge in his head. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get him! Yeah, as soon exactly. as they're done, as soon as he finishes, <laughs> he'll be finished. Is, is all these people are fucking reprehensible? Uh, ah, yeah. especially like that other, the second couple who were introduced to. Uh, who are their the main characters? Uh, close friends from high school. Uh, and apparently one of them is is a person she slept with in high school but whatever i i don't much care because the guy's just like a frat douchebag asshole with no redeeming qualities and the woman just has like this horrible fucking early aughts like haircut that looks like a poodle with like bleach poured on it, it, it it's ridiculous <laughs> Yeah, it definitely looks of the era. Actually, it looks like you said a few years before the era, uh, probably because I think it's Canadian. It's Canadian. So maybe that's part of the reason why. Yeah, it's, you know, anytime something's Canadian, they're just a couple of years behind, at least in my experience with these low budget horror movies. They're just like not not quite where they should be culturally. Sorry, Canada. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, this this was a little rough, although. Uh, speaking of which, that brings me to uh, our, our other podcast that we do, Caustic Content, which you can also find on iTunes. That is, we, we watched, uh, what was it called? Strippers, uh, Stripper Slashers. What, what was it called? Strip Club Slasher. Yes. That's what it was called. Yeah. 
And that actually took place in northern Wisconsin slash parts of northern Minnesota. And that one is equally dated. So maybe like you just you get above a certain line, you know, like once you you get further north than Green Bay, Wisconsin, then you just automatically jump back in time 10 years culturally, as far as I could tell, at least. Yeah, I, I'm always curious about projects like this because it very much has the feel of a high school sort of project. May If it was a college project, it would not be a very good college project, but it's there's nothing horribly wrong here, again, compared to what we might run into in cost of content, but it is... These people look far too old to be in college, so you're talking a bunch of 30-somethings, and what occasion do these 30-somethings have to make this... A high school level project. This is it. Always interests me how exactly this comes to pass. Yeah, their Th- friend went to film school and he came back to Saskatchewan or wherever the fuck they are, and he said, "Well, hey guys, uh, you know, I got this uh, film degree from Moose University. <laughs> uh, you want to make a movie in the woods with me?" And they all go, "Yeah, sure. Why the fuck not?" And here we are. I mean, you know, that's just you say one guy. Let's not besmirch the name of Darren Jones filmmaker i'm sorry darren jones darren jones filmmaker great man i i apologize <laughs> i also i'm really dragging canada right now this is gonna get our canadian audience is gonna fucking rebel uh good place like your health care thanks guys uh but jesus this fucking movie you can keep this one well i mean all things considered it, it is it's not it's good not the worst. it's just it's a zero really budget not. movie but it's not like it never offended me it just exists it, it was 60 minutes long uh yeah yeah i've seen worse for this very episode it's a it's a triumph in that sense because i I mean considering the budget and what it is the fact that you you just watch it and you go oh this sucks but it could suck a lot more that's about as high praise as you can get so congratulations you did it buddy yeah give me a (laughs) hundred bucks am i gonna make a better movie than this i mean it'd probably be a better script than this but i don't know it might look just as fucking shitty i'm no master you know this is this is fine you did fine people yeah you did good you and your little mini dv camera did the best you could and we appreciate you for that all right well i don't think we need to spend too much time on this movie so uh can we can we finally move on to the main course here and talk about Unhinged 2020, no, for the love of God? No, we can't. We still got to talk about the remake of Unhinged 1982, Unhinged 2017. Oh. But before we even get into that, I kind of want to touch on Unhinged 2014, which... Uh, what is Unhinged 2014? That, that, that was not part of the assigned watching. No, no. <laughs> we, we replaced it with Unhinged 2006, which is not a movie that's readily searchable on the internet, but we still managed to find uh, but Unhinged 2014 is, in fact, a movie that is readily searchable on the internet. But I don't think it exists. Like, no, I, it's uh, it's the last hinge to be unned by us. It, we can't we can't find the hinge. I think it's vaporware here. I think we got a piece of vaporware because I I started, you know, I got once we came up with this concept, I I just I couldn't stop myself. I I had to find this fucking movie. And so, you know, I'm I'm researching the director, and he's this guy, Jeff Stenzel, and his, his whole mm-hmm. deal is he seems to enjoy... He must have a lot of... He must have inherited a great deal of money or something of that nature, because he seems to spend his days uh, uh, paying to get into awards ceremonies and taking uh, selfies with celebrities. Um, 
Yeah. And then he's trying to sell a, a book about being a Hollywood insider, even though he's he's really not a Hollywood insider. He, he just has pictures with celebrities. But his his IMDb is, is kind of full of these projects that don't seem to exist. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not going to lob any any real accusations here. Uh, allegedly, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I can't find any of these fucking things. I, I found like two things he's involved with. Well, and just as like associate producer or something of that nature, but ah, very weird, very weird stuff. I feel like this is uh, it, it has the appearance of a padded resume that's publicly viewable for whatever reason, which I, I've never run into on IMDb in the past. But uh, I don't know. I got to tell you, one of the projects that I could find is a little film called Vanished. Uh, if you want to get familiar with this uh, Jeff Stenzel character. Rest assured, that's going to be showing up on Cost of Content any week here. <laughs> well, Jeff is, uh, yeah, he calls himself a, a Hollywood insider. He, I don't know, he's more of like a a, a, a Burbank money haver, probably. But he lives um, in fucking like Champaign, Illinois or something. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That's super weird. I thought, I just assumed he was an LA guy with money and that's how he got into these events. No, he just seems to commute events, but no. to every awards ceremony. Very strange. Oh, that's very strange. Well, then again, have you been to Champaign, Illinois? Uh, I have. It's it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> if if he's got a decent amount of money, he's probably living pretty high on the hog in Champaign, Illinois. So, uh, he, yeah, it's, I guess he's got a little disposable income. But it, you you were trying to hunt this down, and this was your great white whale. So I did you a solid, and I actually reached out to the director to inquire about where this movie was at and uh i was you know i said hello sir i am a very famous podcast man can you please send me this movie because we can't find it or can you point me in the right direction and it turns out that he made the movie had a bunch of problems uh he mentioned the sound there's issues with the sound and the actors and and a bunch of other stuff and the editing and it seems like he never really finished it like, he made a cut of it, and he wasn't happy with it, and then he just kind of put it on the back burner, and it's been on the back burner. And he said, well, you know, I'd like to revisit it at some point, and I wasn't happy with it, and blah, 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 and that's basically all he told me. So it's on IMDb, but it's unclear whether it actually debuted in any form, or if it was ever available anywhere. Like, did he just play it at one festival, go, boy, that sucked ass, and then pulled it, started to re-edit it, and just got bored with it, I guess? I don't know. Right, and that's his whole thing is is filled with producing credits and directing credits of stuff that is dated in the past, as far back as twenty. Well, Unhinged is twenty fourteen, but I'm I'm talking a little after that. Everything after Unhinged is something called Temps in twenty fifteen, and really everything after that, which is like fifteen things, they're mm. they're all listed. If you click through on any of them, they'll say coming soon. None of them have any release dates nothing of that nature but they're not listed as okay. future projects they're listed as existing things which uh they just don't exist the only thing i found of his that really exists is this uh celebrity's guide to giving and this league one in the spotlight which is this very very strange thing uh which is this they call it the league of extraordinary people or something like that. oh individuals league of extraordinary what? individuals uh, uh, rest in peace, Sean Connery. But this is a slightly different yeah, R. project. R.I.P. Dog. Uh, where it seems to just be a bunch of star fuckers uh, and making like these are not even films. They are literally like 
one minute Facebook videos of, of weird. Uh, they say interviews with celebrities, but really they're just uh, like they emailed a celebrity and said, Hey, can you talk about a charity you like? And yeah, they're just on taking a cell phone selfie of themselves talking about a charity for one minute. And uh, there's your IMDb credit, which again, that's super weird. Great. Grand. I, I mean, I'd give you the benefit of the doubt on a lot of this. If, if it weren't for this fucking, it's kind of brilliant, like- isn't it? Because I mean, you're, you're getting, if you have all these celebrities, then would you put that up on IMDb or whatever? Like then you get to list all those people and give them that credit on IMDb. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Smart. Yeah, Smart yeah. Move. I mean, again, I I just feel like it, it's the book that throws me on this thing. If it weren't, if he weren't trying to sell this uh, beyond the red carpet book, then I would say, all right, you know, it, 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 this probably exists. It's just it's just a project. It'll that's it, not available. You know, it's it's a student film or something. But yeah, can I get this on Amazon? The book, or is it like an ebook only from his website or something? How do I obtain this? The book is on Amazon. I'm not certain if it is. Oh no, there's paperback available, and you can also get it with your Kindle Unlimited subscription. Wonderful. Well, I know what everybody at Optimism Vaccine is getting for Christmas, so that is sorted. Uh, I will say, uh, weird. Also, I'm with you, Myros. The movie doesn't actually exist. Uh, I will say, n- nice guy. Really nice guy. It, it, I, I literally just uh, messaged him out of nowhere and said, hello, I am a complete stranger. I have a very specific question about something you made. <laughs> and he was happy to answer it. So uh, good on him. Nice guy, I guess. Sure, uh, sure. We, uh, we will never see his movie. You know, maybe we're wrong. Uh, again, this is all just a, a, a crazy theory from a, a, some failed podcast idiots. So, uh, Jeff... No hard feelings, my friend. I'm just very interested in this whole scenario. It was it's quite the rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we got that out of the way. So I, I guess we got to talk about this 2017 remake before I get to talk about the movie I want to talk about. So yes. uh, uh, Unhinged 2017. Mal? Yeah. Oh my god. That fucking voice modulation. What is that choice? (laughs) I'm just really into that part. Is this supposed to be a a demon? Because it's not. I mean, it's never supposed to be a demon. and It is meant to be a remake of this other film, so it's like a split personality thing. And very early in the film, Mm -hmm. they hear this woman in the shed talking with this mysterious man. And the man is, is that. Oh! The slots in my house, and they're like, "Boy, I don't know. That guy's got. I don't like his tone of voice." I'm like, "What? <laughs> what?" I think he called us slots. <laughs> That's not I'm a man's voice. About That's his a tone. Satan's voice. What are we even doing? <laughs> no way, man. Every t- every time I walk into the club, <laughs> that's it. That's what I say. Every single woman I encounter. Jesus. <laughs> Oh god! This movie yeah, fucking that's, that's blows, man. This is everything that's wrong with modern horror, right here. Oh no, this movie kicks ass when you because when you watch it and then you watch the trailer because you need to cut part of the trailer for your podcast that you do. Uh, it, it, you you learn to appreciate the movie a lot more because the trailer is just like 
the best horror remake ever made <laughs> the most spooktacular spooky fest like shit did we watch the same movie and then I, I was like squinting at the trailer and it's all these websites i've never heard of it's just like movie-reviewtime.biz <laughs> go they loved it that's great <laughs> really wonderful stuff um i, I guess let's start with the obvious why is there a remake to this movie? What is going on here? <laughs> I don't have any idea. And it's pretty fucking loose as far as remakes go. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just love that. It, like the original is defined by how generic it feels now, and I, I'm sure it wasn't quite as generic back then. But it, it's still, there's, there's not a lot going on there that's particularly original. And then. You, you, so a guy goes, okay, well, I'm going to remake this generic movie. And it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Like it doesn't improve upon the original in any way, but also it's like the original was so generic. You, you haven't remade anything. It's just another generic horror movie. Congratulations. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Congratulations. You somehow managed to make a pretty bad movie, much fucking worse. Yeah. That's the main takeaway for me. This is, this is like one of the worst things I've seen in a while. It's dreadful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I, I, it's it's not a high-budget movie or even a medium-budget movie, but it has a real, like, direct-to-video look to it where you're like, mm, I, I feel like this should be a little bit more functional than it actually is. Because it, it, it just sucks big, big ass. <laughs> like... There's no way that something should be this unwatchable. And and not only does it just, it's kind of like boring and, and, and just kind of, it's paced poorly and everything just sucks. And then you get to the end and it really kicks it up a notch into, well, now this is just kind of unpleasant. I don't want to watch it anymore. Like, it's a great direction to go ahead. Yeah. Um, why? Yeah. Nothing about this makes any sense. You could, at every turn, it's fucking nonsense. Like the setup to this movie, fucking nonsense. What? Mm-hmm. Why would you start the movie like this? Isn't it fine? The original, they just get in a car accident. This one, they're stalked nope. by some fucking separate maniac, unrelated to the movie whatsoever. Uh, one of them mm-hmm. kills ah. him with a rock, and then even though he's you know stalking them around the countryside and has a knife to one of their necks, and they they kill him with a rock, mm-hmm. and they act like, well, we better not contact the authorities. We better. Uh, mill around the backwoods until our fucking gas runs out, and then I guess we'll yeah. just stop at this person's house. Idea. What? Now, what the fuck are you doing? You're like early twenties white women. Cops love you. Like, what? What do you just fucking call them? What, yeah. <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. But it's almost like the, in the beginning when they were deciding, okay, well, we're gonna remake this because it's uh, it's so fucking great, and uh, I know we can do a better job. What's the one thing they don't capitalize on? Why, of course, it's the radio station in the beginning that says there is a serial killer stalking the, the backwoods of backwoodsland. So they just took that literally like, oh, yeah, that actually isn't the the killer in the original movie. That's a totally separate one. <laughs> yeah, it's great stuff here. Great stuff. Go ahead, Jake. So, yeah, this it's unlike the first the original film, which they're all it's three women going to a music festival. This is four women. Uh, they're all pretty much indistinguishable from each other. They're all they're all just ciphers. They're not characters. They're going to the wedding of one of them. And when they're finally pulled over by like that maniac blocking the road with his car that was like one of the most like incompetently shot sequences i've ever seen because 
the camera for the most part sticks within the back seat of the girl's car. So like when the guy runs up and he starts like threatening them on the passenger side with the knife, like you don't even see what he's doing. You're just seeing basically mm. an empty frame and just hearing all the commotion off screen, which for a, a better filmmaker could be a choice. But this was deliberately like terrible, terrible. It's 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 God awful. And then, yeah, they kill him and he has like nothing to do with what happens next. They finally, you know, they, they run out of gas. So then they go to the house of the, you know, the what will be the crazy woman running her own mansion. Um She's really bad. Uh, all the all the girls are dreadful actresses, but this lady in particular, she seems to be overacting for like her moment in the starlight, and it's, it's she's she's yeah, just she's terrible. really going for it. Yeah, it, it's not good. No, I, I don't like people like her. Yeah, I feel like the director <laughs> hung these fucking people out to dry too. Not not uh, the actress Michelle Archer who plays the insane Miss Perkins again. Another another fucking psycho nod we got going here. Uh, mm. yeah but the the four girls like this is a movie set in england and they're inexplicably cast as you know americans uh visiting england to go to this wedding maybe you could say well we're gonna use that that's why they won't call the cops because they're foreigners but they don't fucking use that at all instead they just have four english girls who are desperately trying to sound american and failing at every turn <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's some rough accents going on here, uh, and a lot of like high school theater class was my life, and now here I am. Energy going on. It's it's not not a pleasant watch, really isn't. Uh, but oh boy, yeah, the, the the accents are distracting, and I get it. Not everybody can do a perfect American accent. Sure, I, I know my British accent's a little suspect, but. Uh, don't be distracting. That's the worst thing you can possibly be. Well, and you know, one thing that they, they decided they needed to take to this wedding was a spooky mask. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gotta have one. I can't even, like, they keep cutting back to this mask just to remind us that it's still in play. Like, I'm pretty sure just seeing mm -hmm. it the first time, the girl scares the other at the gas station was enough. But, like, it, it'll just be, these girls will be having a conversation and then the button of the scene is the camera like panning down to like their purse and the mask is sticking out of it. Like the director is saying, hey, remember <laughs> this? It's going to come back. It's so important. It's not like the fucking Jake. Not like Miss Perkins could have her own goddamn mask in her house. <laughs> no. Well, guys, it's, uh, you know, it's Chekhov's gun. And uh, the, the rule of Chekhov's gun is you have to show it 73 times <laughs> so that people know you're coming back to it. That's. That's how it so works. When we get into the meat of this, instead of uh, a pretty tame slasher, what we get is is like a fucking hostile oh. four or something. I don't even like the uh, super killer uh, decides that he's he's wearing this wedding dress and, and rubber gloves and the spooky mask for the remainder of the film. Mm -hmm. I, I say he. I mean, obviously, it's Miss Perkins. There's not a single other character in the fucking film, unless the director wants us to believe that the yeah. uh, the hooligan from the beginning is is in fact not dead. But if that was a part of the equation, it was not set up adequately. But yeah, it's immediately clear, especially considering that this is framed as a remake, that that is what is happening. It's Miss Perkins all along. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she takes this first girl. And then there's just like a fucking 10 minute, just horribly unpleasant torture sequence for no reason. 
Yeah. She's just in the shed, like yeah. fucking taking garden tools to her and uh, like dumping gasoline down her throat. It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? Yeah. No. Why? She- Goes in on it. It's shocking. It's a shock. You don't expect it to keep happening. And then it does keep happening. Covers her head like with a plastic bag for a few minutes. And then at the end, all she does is just sew her mouth shut with some. And yet she's dead at the end of the movie. She's never killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's she- yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, I actually rewound the film to see, wait, was there a point where that character died? Because no. the other girl is killed and then half buried for some reason. Um, but, but yeah, that other girl, it's just, they cut open the the mouth and then she says, it's just in time for her to say behind you so that the killer could hit a girl with the in the back with like a rake. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's the end of her, her presence in the film and then inexplicably they just bury her at the end. Yeah, that's another. That's the craziest thing. Their two friends are killed, and they just bury them like they were fugitives or something. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> uh, there's God. so much about this setup that makes no sense. There's a point where uh, the main character leaves, escapes. She must believe her her sister to be dead at this point because she's been like smashed with a rake in the spine. So she escapes. <laughs> She stands in this cornfield. It's a fucking obvious cornfield. You know, what's adjacent to uh, cornfields generally? A farm fucking house. Uh, you would think. Yeah, I mean, these things have mm. to be tended. There, There is civilization uh, within uh, walking distance very easily. And instead, she just listens to a voicemail of her husband going like, Why did you leave me at the altar? Oh. And then she turns around and goes back <laughs> back to the psycho's house. Yeah. Makes sense. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Got nothing to live for now because, yeah. Whew. Uh, lot, a lot of poor decisions here. A lot, a lot of poor Nothing decisions. outstrips the voice modulator, though. What the tin fuck are we doing with this fucking <laughs> demon voice? Love it. We love it. Smell you. Smell you. <laughs> you smell great. <laughs> Uh, Is that Giorgio Armani? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it's good. So obviously, Miss <laughs> Perkins is in fact not a man in this iteration. She is someone suffering from mental illness, presumably. Although, again, unclear yeah. because we're doing the whole fucking, you know, I saw a 2006 demon possession movie, so I better have this stupid, like, crackling bone noise over and over again. And then and, and the... Uh, the voice of the uh, second personality is that. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, it's a give and take, man. Like, it, unhinged 2017 supports trans rights, but also uh, it stigmatizes mental illness. So, you know, you, 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 if you have one, you, you can't have the other. It's, it's an either or situation, really. It made its decision. <laughs> Just fucking use a man's voice for God's sake. <laughs> No. Oh, you don't get that. <laughs> oh, my God. I support I, that the voice modulation is the only thing that I like because <laughs> this movie is like super boring and there's nothing going on. So at least I get a soundbite that I can play a hundred times on this fucking podcast. So what do I care? I will Great say movie, it did 10 lead out of 10. to the whole fucking attic sequence being like uproariously fucking funny because that was just going on the whole goddamn time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I I guess this is the climax, but I'm just fucking... I, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> it's, not exciting, it's always but. a good quality in a movie. It's great. It's great stuff. 
All right. Well, is, is there anything else that we want to say about unhinged 2017? Other than don't, don't yeah, fucking no, see we'll it. Never don't see waste it. your time. Oh, it's crazy never to me that it. just don't do it as, as somebody who's uh, helped prepare and been through a wedding that uh, they're supposed to be going to the actual wedding. And just one night, two girls are just sleeping in the same room together. And one says to the other, hey, do you want to be my maid of honor? Like, that's the kind of shit you prepare for in advance. But, uh, you know. Other than yeah, that, it seems like something you'd want to think about. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot that goes into yeah, that. Yeah, they try to do that whole storyline because those are sisters and their parents were killed. And also Miss Perkins' parents were killed because her dad was like fucking John Wayne Gacy or some shit. Uh, mm. Which that opens the movie, by the way. If you had, oh, if you yeah. were wondering if there was any mystery to this or, or subtlety or anything, no, it just opens with like fucking Gacy, like taking a hedge clippers <laughs> to a woman's throat. <sighs> yeah, as yeah. prominently seen on the cover of the the DVD or whatever. I think that's the poster for the movie. Oh, and they randomly make the other two women uh, lesbians. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe bisexual. Well, that's cool. You know. Yeah, we're not gonna put a label on it, okay? Yeah. Lovers, <laughs> they're just they're just living their best lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it fucking Fuck sucks. This uh, movie. But hey, you know what doesn't suck? Ma'am, are you okay? I'm pretty sure the guy in that truck's following me. He's road raging. <laughs> Why don't you just chill, man? Go your own way. Day is. Oh yeah, it's unhinged 2020. Can we just talk about the the great use of uh, slowed down orchestral heart shaped box <laughs> by Nirvana? <laughs> Which is okay. If you want the essence of this film, that's it. It's just big time meathead cinema, just oozing out of every pore. And that's it. That's what the meathead cinema wants. They're like, yeah, fucking Nirvana, man. Like, it's so good. So good. I love this movie. Why is this the best movie of 2020, Myros? Oh, if, it's the best one I've seen. I'm not even fucking kidding. I mean, it's dumb as shit. I am not God either at this point. This thing <laughs> is kinetic. It's a blast. It's like, a, I, I said in the chat, it's like a that Larry is. Cohen movie. Like, this thing fucking rules. And Russell Crowe is just... Yeah, it absolutely he's, does. He's chewing scenery, and he appears to be chewing about uh, three turkeys a day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's incredible. <laughs> he's just this keg-belly, grunting, pill-chomping force of nature. Oh, my God. And he sweats so much. I like how it's, like, past the point where, like, 20 years ago, Russell Crowe might have been, like, the most intimidating man in Hollywood, and now he just looks like an old fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> like he just, he, he yeah. just kicks someone yeah. and they go flying thirty feet. <laughs> like, God damn it! <laughs> yeah, he just looks like like your drunk stepdad that you don't like. That's pretty much his whole shtick now, and that's perfect for this. But God, like he's he's like the color of a fucking pickled beet. He's sweating <laughs> everywhere. He's totally unkempt, and honestly, I don't know how much of this is acting and how much of it is just Russell Crowe. What is his fucking accent in this movie? Because I was really struggling with that. It was just like, it was like Australian and then it would go Southern American and then it would go into like this weird Boston thing. I, I, I could not pin down what he was going for, yeah. but it was real fucking weird. 
and I was very into it. Uh, but yeah, he's he's great, and this is exactly what I want out of a stupid action movie. It is relentless. I, I think I, I text Myros like 10 minutes in. I'm like, first 10 minutes, balls to the walls, this movie fucking rocks. And then I just kept updating. I'm like, it hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped. That's what it does. It just hits the gas from the beginning, and it does not let up for even a second. And goddamn, is it dumb. So dumb. It's a, a work of art. It, the highest form. This is the Sistine Chapel of fat Russell Crowe movies, Okay. That's where we're at right now. You know, they're always talking about <laughs> Trump era cinema. I think we found it, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, we found it. Yeah. This is it. You watch your Trump era <laughs> cinema. People are like, oh, you know, dragged across concrete while formally interesting is uh, deeply problematic. Uh, it's like, what if you made a movie that was not formally interesting at all? <laughs> and uh, also it's got that that weird thing to it where it's like, you know how like your dad would watch Falling Down and go, yeah. That's me. It's like, no, you're not supposed to have that reaction to the movie. It's like that times this a thousand. This distressed me at how much scene. Russell Crowe's character reminded me of my father. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, same. That's exactly I'm like, it. My father looks like that. He aged like that. That's like fucking, you know, functional alcoholism turns you into what Russell Crowe looks like in this movie. And yep. you tool around in your big truck and you vote for Trump and you're a fucking maniac. <laughs> I know. It's like, I, I really thought like, it, it, it was seriously, it was like looking at a, a picture of my father on screen. It was just, you know, Neil Young's old man was playing in my head. And I was just like, damn, this is, this is too real for me. hundred <laughs> percent something he would do too. He's like, well, this person cut me off and honked at me. So now I'm going to fucking <laughs> just torture them for <laughs> an entire day. I'm just going to fucking... <laughs> have them roll down their windows so I can have a, a fucking civil lecture with them. <laughs> hey, oh you're supposed gosh. to do the, the courtesy honk or the honk tap. Yeah, the courtesy honk, yeah. That's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, this and, you know, oh God. He has this, like, weird, shitty stepdad, uh, you know, just aura about him. But also the superhuman side of Russell Crowe in this movie cannot be understated. <laughs> He's just punching through doors. He's kicking people through the fucking wall. Oh, yeah. He does not give a fuck. The opening of this movie, it's him. He's It's 4 a.m. It's in the rain. He's sitting in his truck. He pops a few pills. Then he goes to this house. He breaks down the door with a hammer, murders the two people inside, and then sets the house on fire and leaves. That's the opening of the movie, and then it doesn't let up from there. It's insane. Yeah. Which, of course, we'll later find out is her, his bitch of an ex-wife. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Damn ex-wife, stupid divorce lawyers, take everything from you. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that that was explained. I might have enjoyed this more if that just was just a non sequitur and that's just something he regularly did because he's unhinged. <laughs> yeah. I, I would actually, that, that, that's the thing is they try to give some context to why he is unhinged, but I don't care. I just, I, I agree with you, Jake. My only complaint about this movie is I don't want to know at all. I just want to think that he's some psychopath. See, just I, I disagree. I, I love this fucking backstory where it's just like again it's so fucking it's so fucking boomer dad it's a fucking amazing he just it like the jimmy weight. simpson diner scene holy yes, fucking he, shit yes. oh my god oh. i cannot tell you how bright my face lit up when he walked into the diner in the background because he has her phone and he, he's going through all of her contacts and appointments which is <laughs> just a master stroke of an idea. I'm going to go through your whole contact list and murder everybody you know because you honked at me. That's the whole movie. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. 
And yeah, Beautiful. God, he's <laughs> it's so good. It sounds like we're just like just gushing, and honestly, I am. It's that's the kind of movie it is. But I, I would also like to emphasize how fucking brutal this movie is oh, yeah. with its yeah. kills. There's some serious shit here. Like uh, a cop gets run over by a semi truck. Very cool. Um, at one point, he like. Uh, he, he he grabs a girl after like punching her in the face, knocks her out, grabs her. Oh yeah. The boyfriend comes in the room, and he's holding a kitchen knife. He's like, "Watch out, man! Let her go!" So Russell Crowe throws the unconscious girl at the guy who's holding out the knife. So it just goes straight through her, and then he grabs the kid. <laughs> ties him to a chair makes him write a letter about why his sister's a bitch <laughs> and then he then a cop comes in shoots russell crowe russell crowe doesn't give a fuck lights the kid on fire in the chair and throws the burning kid at the cop how how is that in a movie it's so beautiful yeah, yeah. so beautiful so yeah, yeah, you just you think that this movie's gonna fuck around because you you're just in the mindset of like it's gonna be like a shitty Liam Neeson action movie. This isn't fuck around for a minute. He just fucking goes around murdering no. everyone she their family and friends. He he just like that Jimmy Simpson scene where he's being threatening and he it it's legitimately a amazing scene. But again, yeah. when he finds out he's a divorce lawyer, he just fucking flips out like snaps his arm off and like kills him with a fucking fork <laughs> after smashing him with a coffee yeah, mug he smashes him so hard with a yeah. coffee cup that his face like fucking explodes <laughs> and, uh. and and not only is this like great meathead action and almost like a nod to like 70s style exploitation but yeah. the thing that really puts it over the top for me and the thing that makes it special i think is it has this thread running through it of like after school special almost. And it, it, the whole movie starts with this montage of, uh, you know, like cell phone videos and YouTube clips and stuff of people like road raging or whatever. And there's all these little dialogue moments sprinkled in throughout the movie where just random characters are like road rage sure is dangerous. I knew a guy who raged on the road once and boy, howdy, was that scary. So it has this whole thread going through it where it's just like, this could happen to you at any moment. And it's just, it's hilarious. Because in between all these fits of violence and, and the sweating Russell Crowe, it just kind of, you know, leans in and tells you, now, this is this is some real shit. This could happen to you at any moment, so just please be careful. Like, it's fucking great. I love it. It's so fucking good. Like this guy, Derek Bort. I'm watching out uh, for this guy. What he's doing next? Because yeah. there's nothing in this that cuts corners. Like the uh, all the car stuff is visceral. It, they're they're not faking anything. There's a shitload of violent car accidents. No, and yeah, it keeps up this tension. All all the driving stuff is is very tense. The the way they utilize the score, it just this movie fucking moves. And yeah, I love it. It's great. And yep. Crow is obviously the standout, but I do want to give special attention to Karen Pistorius, who like very credibly has this palpable look of fear on her face throughout. She's pretty good as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Crow obviously he runs away with the whole damn picture, but uh, I think I think she balances oh, yeah. his antics nicely. I, mean, I think the casting in this is even fantastic. Like Jimmy Simpson in that yeah, small role is fantastic. Good, yeah. The the guy who plays the brother who just looks like a fucking 
He's he's just perfect for like a slacker asshole brother. And then, yeah, 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 looks like a gamer. Yeah, he does. It, it, <laughs> it's just everything works. Uh, I don't know. The kid isn't even annoying. He's just he's fine. Everything everything works. Yeah, yeah. He's good. And I, I don't want to spoil too much. So you know, if you're as hype as as we are right now, you might want to skip ahead. But I will say, uh, this movie has a, a Fortnite related side plot, which leads to the way that they dispose of of Russell Crowe in the end. So <laughs> Russell Crowe is defeated by Fortnite strategy. <laughs> that is a 100 percent true statement in a movie that I love dearly. So th- there you go. That's it. Movie of the year 2020. When election day's got you down, fire up fucking unhinged. Just, just do it. That's that's what yeah. I have to do. I think, I mean, I've been saying, like, I want to just, like, rip Van Winkle myself and put myself into a coma for the next three months. But maybe I'll just lock myself in a room, just turn off my phone, and, and just watch unhinged, you know? It, it, it brought me a rare sense of glee and joy that I have not felt from a contemporary movie in a very long time. So... Thank you, Russell yeah, Crowe, for, like, for helping me find joy maybe again. Maybe Truth or Dare. I think Truth or Dare is probably the last movie where I got this much unabashed joy from watching it. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that? God, it was like two years uh, at ago, least. at least? 17 or 18, yeah. And this movie, yeah, uh, 2017, I mean, 2018. as big as Russell Crowe is, this movie has no fat on it. Like, it, it hits credits None. right at 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's super lean, and like we said, too, it just... It just goes the entire time. Doesn't let up. Uh, it, it fucking rocks. It's, I don't know. I, I guess you could say it's it's in a similar mold as something uh, like Falling Down, but it's way more fun with it, I guess, in a lot of ways. As much as I enjoy Michael Douglas shooting up the ceiling of a McDonald's because he can't order pancakes. Yeah, people forget about that whole back end of Falling Down, though, where he's like fucking trying to kidnap his son and make that this whole family drama shit that this who gives a shit this movie disposes yeah. with that it's, it's just russell crowe fucking yeah hollering about how his wife is a bitch and just trying to murder everyone it, it it's so fucking awesome exactly it's great it's great uh I, I mean i really don't have anything else to say about it other than it truly is amazing like we're not fucking around um i i had zero expectations going into this uh, I, I think critically, it's not particularly loved for some reason because I don't know. All critics are assholes, uh, except for us. Obviously, we're smart and cool. I think. Um, uh, I think the consensus was, uh, uh, if I could borrow the Steve voice for a second, uh, this film uh, does not successfully tap into the zeitgeist of the angry world that we live in. Like, who cares? It's, it's an exploitation feature. <laughs> that was it's some fun. fucking fun. Um, perhaps if uh, Russell Crowe had on a MAGA hat, it, this would make more sense, but uh, currently its political allegory is uh, a little bit off the mark. <laughs> I just, exactly. this is the first time all year I've missed the theater because, goddamn, I go buy another <laughs> ticket tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely would. I really would. This, this does. It makes me want to. It makes you want to go back to the theater. And I was looking at some of the, the early like user reviews on Letterboxd and stuff, and there's a bunch of reviews that were like, well, finally ventured back to the theater for the first time since COVID started. And I was just thinking, like, what? Are you a fucking idiot? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> this is what she did. A global pandemic. I guess I could get a disease that could kill me or someone else. But uh, oh, that just, uh, th- this is worth tempting. it. I want to go see Unhinged in the theater in yeah. rural Michigan right now. And I could be sitting next to like six oh. Russell Crowe. <laughs> 
Yeah. I could be living I mean, the unhinged experience. I, there's not a lot of stuff that I would risk it for. Not a lot of stuff I'd risk it for right now. I'm ready to die for this. I, I wish I could have seen this in the theater. Fucking IMAX, baby. I just want this the whole thing to just wash over me. Just be careful not to speak to anyone in the parking lot, because they're just Russell Crowe. Yeah. That's just Russell Crowe. Well, I, I'm guessing they would enjoy it as much as I did. So, I, I mean, this is really, this is how we're going to bring the country together, I think. You just. I know. I got to go visit my dad before Thanksgiving here. I know what I'm going to be fucking bringing a copy of. <laughs> yep, exactly. This is how we unite the country. There's people who, uh, you know, they, they like Unhinged. There's people who don't. And if you don't like Unhinged, uh, why don't you go live somewhere else, buddy? <laughs> and the rest of us are going to hold hands in harmony, okay? Because this is this is it. This is the apex right here. Shit. <laughs> All right. I think that about wraps things up for this week. So, uh, uh, Marios, what are you putting over this week? I hate this segment. I don't watch anything. There's nothing better than Unhinged. Just watch Unhinged. What the fuck? Yeah, watch Unhinged yeah. again. <laughs> just you know, if you need more recommendations beyond Unhinged, yeah, watch it twice. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Watch. It. Yeah, here's another thing you can do. Uh, here's we're putting over an activity. Pre-order the Blu-ray of Unhinged. <laughs> uh, get ready to soak up that director's commentary track. Uh, Jake, what are you putting over this week? Well, as much as I'd like to also back up with watching Unhinged, uh, I'll actually put over. Um, check out uh, An Evening with Tim Heidecker, which is his stand-up special he posted on YouTube about a week and a half or so ago at the time of this recording. Um, basically, if you know anything about Tim Heidecker, it's, uh, it's, it's him just doing deliberately bad stand-up, but it's some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. Like, the first five <laughs> minutes, he, like, knocks the mic stand into the audience, and he's, like, trying to... He spends, like, five minutes trying to untangle it and prop it back up. Uh, it's... I was dying, so... Uh, and there's some really, <laughs> really funny jokes in there as well. So, yeah, an e it's only like an hour long, too. So an evening with Tim Heidecker. It's on YouTube. Check it out. Sounds like a winner. All right. This week, uh, I'm also going to echo, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, put over Unhinged 2020. Go see it. Go rent it. Go steal it. Get it any way that you can. Other than that, though, I rewatched Halloween 3 Season of the Witch which, uh, is it the best Halloween movie? Maybe. Maybe it is. Debatable. Maybe it is. It could be. I, you know what? It's Barring a toss-up between one and three. I, I, I really do like the first one, but when I think about movies that I want to go back to more often, I probably want to go back to three more often than I want to go back to one, so I don't know what that says. Yeah. It's a toss-up. You toss -up. phrase it as, it may not be the best movie in the Halloween franchise, but as far as, is it the best movie to watch on Halloween? It might be the best of any oh. franchise, frankly. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that, hundred uh, percent. It's it's incredible. I hadn't seen it in a few years, and uh, still as great as ever. It's another one of those movies where it's nonstop entertainment. It's so fucking dumb uh, and beautiful, and it busts out all these goofy screenwriting tricks that I think are absolutely hilarious. Wherein characters directly address like giant glaring plot holes and just go well we're not going to talk about that and then move on which is brilliant so uh yeah if the idea of michael myers not being around and uh, instead being replaced by a uh irish businessman with a british accent who steals stonehenge in order to kill children for the fun of it using halloween masks and magic that, that sounds like something you're interested in 
yeah, watch this movie. You like Tom Atkins as an unstoppable fuck machine? Yeah, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Check it out. It's great stuff. All right. Other than that, do us a big favor. If you're listening to this podcast right now, there is a link in the description to our iTunes page or Apple Podcast page. They changed the name. Who cares? Uh, That will take you to our Apple Podcast page. When you get there, leave us a five-star written review if you have not yet. I think they only limit you to one, unfortunately. I wish you could give us a thousand, but, you know, Apple is our uh, overlord and they have specific rules. Anyways, the reason why you need to give us a five-star written review is because it improves our placement in their nebulous algorithm. It'll take you like three seconds. Seriously, all we ask that you do. And the written part is super important. You can just write like Tom Atkins rules or something. It doesn't fucking matter what you write. Just write something. Um, But that boosts up our placement in, uh, you know, the, the various iTunes categories. And that allows more people to discover us. The more people to discover us, the more shit we can do for you guys. And it just, it's, it's all mutually beneficial. So help us out. Five-star written review. Also, there's another link to our Patreon page. So, uh, yeah, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And it sucks. And uh, nobody has any money. And we're all going to die. But if you do have some money and you want to help us out, uh, we don't really have money. And uh, podcasting's expensive. Hosting costs money. Equipment costs money. We are uh, poor guys, really. In, in a lot of ways, financially, spiritually, mentally. Uh, so if you got a couple bucks that you could throw our way, it'd be super helpful. And for your contribution, you will be getting all kinds of exclusive content on our Patreon, including a brand new series coming from Myros and Sean Glennis, Patreon exclusive, uh, that will be covering the Blumhouse movies, all Into of them, the dark as far movies. as I know. Into the dark movies. I don't know what you're doing. I honestly haven't listened to the damn thing. So, but I know it's it's coming. It's out there. It's happening, baby. So, you know, exclusive content. It's good. It's wonderful. This is what we do for you. We love you. Please do that. Now, if you have any questions, comments, death threats, marriage proposals, uh, you could shoot those our way at Optimism Vaccine on Twitter or Optimism Vaccine at gmail.com. Adam Myros is standing by, smashing the refresh button. Just waiting, waiting for your emails. That's what he does. It's the only thing that he does. So uh, with that, I think you're going to wrap things up. And uh, Jake, you got the final word. Suicide by cops. Okay with me. (laughs) Oh, God. I fucking love that. (laughs) 